0: Thank you for joining us today on our Side Church podcast. Today, Pastor Brock Nevitt will bring our message. Let's listen in. Interesting that this is where the Lord's leading this morning, because it's all about what we're talking about today. It's very, very interesting. We're going to be in Hebrews if you want to turn there. Happy Thanksgiving week. I hope, hope y'all had a good Thanksgiving. Y'all full, full of turkey? Anyone not do turkey in your house? Not do turkey. Don't, don't do turkey. Just a few minority in here not turkey. Listen, if you're not deep frying your turkey, you're doing it wrong. I, I just want to throw that gospel message out there for you. Um, also... I have good news. Now that you know, we've, we've gotten past Thanksgiving, it is now appropriate to decorate your house for Christmas. So if you decorated your house before Thanksgiving, again, you did it wrong. I'm sorry. And, and I feel like that's, that's not just my opinion. How many of you know that gratitude makes way for joy? We need to have Thanksgiving before we have Christmas. I just want you to throw that, just write that in your notes. That one's free. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> any of y'all familiar with the book of Hebrews? I think Hebrews, um, I, I, it's just my personal opinion, I think Hebrews is among the most power-packed books in the Bible. I think Romans, Hebrews, I mean... You can you can spend a lot of time in in the book of Hebrews. I mean, it's it's power packed. But the whole the whole uh, theme there's this theme all throughout the book, theme all throughout the book of Hebrews, and it's this: don't lose faith. Don't lose faith. Interesting that that's what we're talking about this morning. Don't lose faith. And you see this, you see it, I mean, like I said, it's all throughout, all throughout the book of Hebrews. If, you, um, if you're looking, um, Hebrews chapter 2 says, Therefore we must pay much closer attention to what we've heard, lest we drift away from it. We're going to drift away. Hebrews 3, it says, uh, And we are God's house, if indeed we hold fast our confidence and boasting in our hope. Hebrews chapter 12 therefore since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses let us also lay aside every weight the sin which so uh, so easily sorry easily ensnares and let's run with what endurance. It's all about keeping the faith, all about endurance, all about holding fast, staying steady. Don't, don't lose sight of, of what we're really called to. That's, that's what the book of Hebrews all throughout, that's just a couple examples. That's what it's about, like all throughout the book of Hebrews, over and over and over again, the author is saying he's addressing a people who started off in this good place and all of a sudden they, they turned to, to different things. All of these things in life started hitting them all at once. Uh, they didn't see Jesus moving the way they thought they would see Jesus moving. And all of a sudden, they, they turn away. And he says, no, 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 listen, don't lose the faith. Hold fast. Don't drift away. Keep, keep the faith. Stay confident. All of those things. It's all throughout the book. And we're going to focus on on one instance here, Hebrews chapter 3. That's where we're going to be. We're going to be in Hebrews 3 and 4 the whole time here. Hebrews chapter 3 and Hebrews chapter 4. We're going to start in verse 7, Hebrews 3, 7. He's actually, the author is actually quoting, I say the author because we don't actually know how many of y'all know we don't know who wrote the book of Hebrews. A lot of people think that it was Paul, and I can see how you would make an argument against that um, or for that. I'm not so sure, but we're just going to say the guy who wrote Hebrews. Chapter, uh, chapter 3, starting in verse 7, uh, and he's actually quoting, we're starting out uh, with a quote from the Psalms. He's quoting Psalm 95. It says, therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. On the day of testing in the wilderness, where your fathers put me to the test and saw my works for 40 years, therefore, I was provoked with that generation and said, they always go astray in their heart. They have not known my ways. As I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Something interesting to point out here. That opening statement, that opening statement, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. The opening statement and the closing statement, as I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Those two statements right there, opening and closing statement, the author here he'll quote those two those two lines he'll quote that three times each he'll quote that both of those lines he'll quote three times each over the next like 20 verses as as he expounds on this topic he'll quote those things three times each you know what that tells me that's important we need to pay attention Let's pay attention to what, what he's trying to say. He's trying to say that there's a correlation here. There's, we're going to put these two ideas together. Don't harden your hearts, or else you're not going to enter his rest. That's what, that's what we're talking about. Don't harden your hearts, or you're not going to enter his rest. He's going to quote those things, and, he, and he's going to expound on that, and that's, that's what we're going to look at today. We're going to look at the correlation between hardening your heart Really we're talking about belief and unbelief, hardening your heart, and entering his rest. Now, hold on, before we go any further. This rest that we're talking about, and he'll address this later, but this rest that we're talking about is is something more than just the Sabbath. Okay? The Sabbath is a really interesting topic. We're not really going to get into it today, but it's a really interesting topic, and a lot of people have a lot of different things to, to say about it, but this is Aside from the Sabbath, there's a rest. He says there's a rest that that is on the seventh day where you work for six and you rest on the seventh. But then there's this other rest that we're talking about. There's this rest that, that, that we're we're walking out day in and day out as we go throughout our lives, as we go throughout like everything that we do, whether that's whether that's at home, whether that's at work, whether we're whether we're being productive, whether we're playing, whether we're on vacation, it doesn't matter where we're at, we're walking in this rest. There's a rest that God has for us as believers. That, that is all throughout our, it, it, it's in our life, it's who we are, it's what we live from. That's what we're talking about today, not just the Sabbath, all throughout uh, the, the, the week, everything that we do. And so we're going to expound on that in verse 12. It says, take care, brothers, that word brothers, uh, the, the Greek word is, is adelphoi. I'm not like a Greek scholar, but I just read my footnotes. And it says Adelphoi. I'm pretty sure that's how you pronounce it. Uh, And it actually, I mean, I don't know why it's just translated brothers here, because if you read it, it it literally is is supposed to be brothers and sisters. Like, that's what the footnote says, that that Greek word, brothers and sisters. So take care, (laughs) y'all. Lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart... Leading you to fall away from the living God. A couple things that, that we're going to talk about here. Number one, take care. That's that, that's that idea again. There, there, There it is again. Don't lose heart. Keep the faith. Be confident. Take care. Like, make sure you're paying attention. Pay attention, y'all. Pay attention, everyone. Pay attention, brothers and sisters lest there be in any of you an evil unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living god there's this word evil in the in this in this verse when you think of evil what what do you what do you think of that's i mean when i think of the word evil like this is like the 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 darkest place this is like the the most supreme darkness you know like this is this is terrorism and and dictators and um uh stalin and hitler and every you know like these this is imaginative violence you know like this is the the most this is evil most vile that you can get is that what y'all think of is it just me Okay, all right, good. That's what I think when I, when I hear the word evil, that, that's what I think of. That's not what he says here. It's not, that's not the way he describes evil. How does he describe evil? Unbelief. He describes evil as unbelief. He says, take care, pay attention, everyone. Pay attention, you who call yourselves Christians. Pay attention, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart. Unbelieving heart. There's, he, he equates these two things, an evil, unbelieving heart reminds me of our, of our definition for sin. I'd have Reagan quote it, but I'm not going to. But our definition, when, when I say our, like the, the youth, um, we, we have this definition for sin that I've like hounded them and, and they, they know it in their sleep that, that it's any thought, action, or motivation that goes against God. It's my, that's that's, our, that's how we de- de- define sin as, uh, as a youth group. Any thought, action, motivation that goes against God. Anything that's not, any thought that you have that's not a God thought, that's sin in your life. Any action that you have that's not God action, that's sin in your life. Any motivation, what you're motivated to do, that's uh, aside from, from a God motivation, that's sin in your life. That's a harsh statement. So is this an evil, unbelieving heart? It's a harsh statement. Let's define this unbelief. This is something that that the Lord's um, really kind of, uh, kind of enlightened in my in my uh, study as as I'm looking through this. And I don't know if y'all know, but when I when I speak, I like to use illustrations. I don't know if y'all like illustrations. I like illustrations. Pastor Brandon, can you help me out here? We're gonna we're gonna take these two chairs as an as an illustration here. You can put one over here and put another chair somewhere over here. That'd be good. And stay with me cuz cuz you're not done. This is going to be like a choose your own adventure. Okay. Yep, that's that's fine. That's yep, perfect. Okay. This is going to be like a choose-your-own-adventure. Um, Pastor Brannon is going to uh, choose his own adventure here. Because you see, this chair right here, we're defining belief and unbelief, okay? This chair on this side, we're going to label God. But we're not just going to, like God is, is this, I don't know, like simplistic, universal term. Um, but, so what, what, what we really mean is this chair represents Jehovah-Jireh. It represents Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Nisi. It represents the, the God who gives me everything. He, he provides everything that I need. He's the God who holds my healing and my health in his hands. He is the supreme ruler of the universe. He is the sustainer of everything, maker of heaven and earth, things and unseen. That's what this chair right here represents. Y'all with me? Okay. This chair right here represents Brandon Sharp. So we have Supreme Ruler of the Universe on this chair. We have Brandon Sharp. Pastor of Eastside Church. Uh, Brandon Sharp. Okay, we have Brandon Sharp. Okay, okay. I, I'm sorry, that's, that's the best I can do. Okay, listen, you can choose to sit down in either one of these chairs. Spoiler alert, you're going to be sitting down in both of them at one point. But you can choose whichever one you want right now. Just go ahead. I'm not going to make the decision for you. All right, very good. That's a good that's a good decision. Yes, very good, very good. By choosing to sit down in this chair labeled God, again, that's you know, we're just a blanket statement, God, okay? We all know everything that comes with God. By choosing to sit down in this chair, Brandon is saying. I choose to believe in everything that God is. I choose to believe in his ways over my ways. I choose to believe that he sees everything, that he holds everything in his hand. I choose to believe that his ways are better than anything that I could come up with, that his solutions to my problems are always right and always the best I choose to believe that everything that he, do, that, that he does, everything that he thinks is not only in my best interest but in the best interest of everyone around me, every person involved, every party involved. I, I choose to believe that that is who God is and I'm going, to, I'm going to believe that. And I'm going to believe that by letting my actions show you that I believe that. Y'all remember a while back, just a, a few weeks ago, we talked through, uh, through James and how uh, James says that you're, you're going to show me your faith. I'm going to show you my, my, my faith by my works, right? You're going to show you, you're going to tell me that you, that you believe. I'm going to show you that I believe. That's, that's what Brandon's saying right here. By sitting in the God seat, he is choosing to, we're, we're talking about being seated in heavenly places. I'm going to choose to sit there and I'm going to choose to uh, believe and do and act upon everything that, that God uh, is in, in my life and in the lives of the people around me. Yes? yes? That's a pretty good seat to sit in. Okay? All right, let's move seats. I don't want to. That's okay, you have to. You have to. Okay. <sighs> By choosing to sit in this seat, and we all have this seat. Every one of us has this seat. Every one of us has, have, has these two seats, this decision in our life. And not, let me tell you, this is not just a one-time decision. Yeah. Y'all know that, Right? This isn't just a, you know, I I prayed a prayer when I was 12 decision, right? Like this is a moment by moment, day by day, situation by situation, everything that arises in my life, I choose to sit in one of these two seats. By choosing to sit in this seat, Brandon is saying, I choose to believe in myself. I choose to believe in my way of doing things. I choose to believe in my logic, I choose to believe that that whatever problem comes my way, I have the solution for it. Or if I don't have the solution for it, I know someone that does. I, I'm choosing to believe in a political party. I'm choosing to believe in the corporate ladder. I'm choosing to believe in this system uh, of the world around me. I'm choosing to believe what the uh, people around me are, are saying, the, the, the voices in my life. By choosing to sit in this seat, Brandon is saying, I can make the decision for myself. That's what I'm going to do. Yes? Y'all follow? Okay, all right, good. Brandon, you can have a seat anywhere you'd like, including that seat or that. It doesn't matter. You can go back to your seat. It doesn't matter to me. Yeah, sure, sure. Go ahead, go ahead. Just remember the illustration. You know what? Don't put it back. I want to keep it up here so we can remember the illustration. All right, because we have these two decisions before us. And the Bible says that there's, that there's belief and there's unbelief. And I used to think, I used to think, that unbelief was simply the absence of belief. I used to think that that unbelief simply meant that someone who doesn't believe in God. But the Lord showed me that it's a little bit deeper than that. It's not just not believing in God. It's not just choosing not to sit in this seat because if you're not sitting in this seat, you have to be sitting in this seat. It's one or the other. It's not just leaving this chair empty. It's not just not believing in who God is and his way of doing things and his solutions to my problems and all, all of those things. It's actually now taking on the responsibility of coming up with a solution to my own problems. Y'all see that? It's taking on God's responsibility in my life. I can either choose to look to God or I can choose to look to myself. And if I choose to look to myself, the Bible calls that an evil, unbelieving heart. Yeah? Is that a fair statement? Okay. That's what, that's what we're talking about here. Take care. Take care. Pay attention, everyone. Pay attention. Lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart that leads you to fall away from the living God. You know why we have to pay attention? Because it's really easy to go from this chair and drift away over to this one. You do it without realizing it. You do it without paying attention. It's like going, going to the beach. Y'all, y'all, y'all know, like, you, you, you go to the beach and you drag all your stuff with you, your chairs and your umbrella and your, and your blanket and your peanut butter and jelly and all that, you know, sandcastle making equipment and all that, yeah, on and on and on. You got, like, three wagons with you, and, you know, like, and you're there for a couple hours, you know, and it's like, was this really worth it? Mm, probably not. But you set up your, set up camp on the beach, and you're like, okay, let's, let's go out, let's, let's go hit the waves. So you go out into the waves, you go out into the ocean, and you're, you're playing in the waves, and you're trying not to get stung by jellyfish, and you know, you're having such a good time, and, and 20, 30, 45 minutes goes by, and you're like, okay, gang, let's head in, let's eat our peanut butter and jelly sandwich that probably looks like a bruise now. Let's eat our sandwich, and you go and you look up, and you're like, where'd our stuff go? Somebody made camp in our space. Who took over? Where is our stuff? I don't see it over there. Did the stuff move? No, the stuff didn't move. You moved. The current just washed you on down the the shoreline. Y'all experience this? Yeah, everybody knows that. If you've been to the ocean, if you've been in there, you know that there's this current that just takes you on down the ocean and you have no idea where your stuff was. It's way back there somewhere. And you didn't realize it. You've been playing in the ocean, having a good time. You had no idea that there was this current that was taking you down the beach. You had no idea until you look up one day and you say, well, one day, like you've been in there for multiple days. <laughs> I don't know why you I don't know how long y'all go to the beach. <laughs> you look up and all of a sudden you don't know where you're at. The same is true. You sit here, you start off good, And you need to pay attention because there's a current. There's a current of this world that draws you away. That draws you away from this seat and you end up sitting in this one and you didn't realize it. I tell the youth all the time, righteousness doesn't happen on accident. Righteousness doesn't happen on accident. It takes diligence. It takes devotion. It takes intentionality takes paying attention being aware constantly yeah. always cuz if not if you're not paying attention if you're not disciplined if you're not if you're not deliberate you're going to drift away you're going to drift you're going to let that current take you and you're going to wake up and you're going to look up one day and you're going to say man how did I get here? How did I get in this place? Because there's a current. That's why, that's why the author here, he writes 13 chapters all saying the same thing. Pay attention. Pay attention. Keep the faith. Endure. Press on. Keep your eyes focused. Stay focused on Jesus. 13 chapters all over the book, he talks about pay attention. So again, take care, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God. But he says, here's the good news. Here's how you do this. Here's how, here's how you're, you're able to stay in this seat. This is at least at least one way, okay? Here's, here's how it is. In verse 13, but exhort one another sometimes, But exhort one another every once in a while. But encourage one another when it's convenient to you. No, not getting a lot of feedback here. But exhort one another every day, as long as it's called today, so that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Listen, especially now, now when, when, when the church is, when we're not really sure there's some people that, that are attending here on Sunday morning, there's some people who are attending, uh, who are trying to be a part of the church at home. There's people who are in this high risk category that can't, they, they just can't risk being in a large group like this. There's some people who are just doubting the idea of coming to church in general, man, we can do this at home on our own all the time exhort one another, be in each other's lives. That's why we do what we do here. That's why we come together. It's not because, man, I really want something to do on a Sunday morning. We come together so that we can encourage and uplift and say, hey, where are you at? I want to, if, if you need correction, I want to be in your life. If you need somebody to call you out, I want to be in your life. If you need somebody to just come beside you and lift up your arms, I need, I'm going to be in your life. Listen, even if they're not here in this room with us, we need to be exhorting one another every day, as long as it's called today, so that no one can be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Yeah? You need to surround yourself with people like that, and you need to be a person like that for the people around you. It goes both ways. Don't wait for the church staff to do it for you. Don't wait for a small group leader to do it for you. I'll let you kind of peek behind the curtain here at Eastside Church. We are looking for leaders who are going to say, I'm going to step up and I'm going to encourage the people around me. I want, I, we, we want to see people who aren't just standing back, spectating and saying, what can you do for me? We're looking for people who, who, are, who are looking for opportunities to, to speak life into people and situations around them exhort one another every day as long as it's called a day so that no one, so that the people around you in this life and you yourself don't become hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Don't drift away, aren't being pulled away by the current. Our paying attention, our focus, let's remind people to stay focused so that the current of life doesn't pull us away. Cool? All right, let's move on. unbelief unbelief y'all ready for kind of a harsh statement if you're feeling beat down stressed out constantly worried always on edge I would assess this situation in your life because there's a rest that's waiting for you on the other side of belief. There's a rest that's waiting for you on the other side of surrender. Those those feelings, that that feeling of of constantly, constantly struggling, constantly worried, constantly on edge, that that, that feeling you might be familiar with, constantly tired. That might be a symptom of sitting in this chair and not that one. Yeah? yeah? Assess that. Assess that in your life. That, that might be a symptom. And in this time, like especially like the, the 2020 thing, you know, like the, all this stuff that's going on, it's really easy right now to be pulled away. That current's really hard right now. That current's really, like it's strong right now to be pulled away from that chair and into this one. And it's really easy to be tired and worn down and beat down and just want some rest. And the Lord's saying, hey, I have rest. That's why he says, hey, come to me. Come to me, all you who are weary, all you are heavy laden, all you who have been doing things on your own, taking this responsibility on your own shoulder. Come to me, everyone who, who has, has, the own, has your own solutions to your problems. Come to me, everyone who's been putting this burden on yourself, take up my burden. Come sit in this chair and watch me work in your life. Come to me and I'm going to give you rest. There's rest for your souls on the other side of surrender. Let's move on. Chapter four, verse one. Therefore, has now hold on, wait a second, wait a second, just as a side note. We just skipped chapters. We're we're, we're into another chapter. Has the thought has did he like break a, a thought cycle here? Did he break the topic? We're still in the same topic. We just added a little like four beside it, okay? That you can just you can disregard that because this is all one flowing thought, okay? Just want everyone to 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 be aware of that, okay? This is all still the same thought. Therefore, while the promise of entering His rest still stands, let us fear lest any of you seem to have failed to reach it. For good news came to us just as to them. Stop right there, Did y'all. See that? Good news came to us just as it did to them. There was good news way back, like in in Exodus, while they were walking around in the wilderness for 40 years, there was this good news that came to, that that was for them in that moment, just like it was here in in Hebrews in the first century AD, and it's that same good news that's available for us here in 2020, it's the same good news, there's a gospel message, the gospel message was available then, and it's available now, and it's the same gospel message, that there is rest. Rest for your souls when you, when you stop doing it your way and you start doing it God's way. There's a gospel message and that's what it is. It was the same in Exodus as it is in 2020. Hasn't changed. God hasn't changed his good news message. There's a rest for your souls. Gosh. If you, if you don't need, to, like, if this isn't for you, you got to know somebody that this is for them. You got to know somebody that they need rest for their souls. There's a gospel message. It's so good. Thank you, Lord. For good news came to us just as to them, but the message they heard didn't benefit them because they weren't united by faith with those who listened. For we who have believed enter that rest. Hmm. We enter that rest when we believe. It's really, really interesting. Let's move on to verse 11. We're, we're gonna skip on just because we don't have a whole lot of time, okay? Still, again, he hasn't, he hasn't, uh, he hasn't broken that, that thought, right? It's still in that same vein of thought all throughout here. He's still talking about this, this idea of belief Believing for rest, if you want rest for your souls you're going to have to get up out of this chair and you're going to have to sit in this one okay it's still that same thought he says in verse eleven, let us therefore strive to enter that rest does that seem like an oxymoron to anyone else like it's this it's this uh, do y'all know what an oxymoron is it's not like I'm not like throwing this uh, uh I'm, I'm not calling y'all names okay L- says, strive to enter that rest. It's this paradox that you find all over the, the kingdom of God. Sorry, I'm used to talking to teenagers and they think stuff like that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> Let us strive to enter that rest. Let's work for rest. We're not working doing our own thing. In, instead, we are working to pay attention to, to hold fast, to focus, to be diligent and disciplined on staying in this chair. That's what we're striving for. That's that's what we're working for. We are Focusing and putting all our attention and, and all our ability, we are, we are doing whatever we can to stay seated in this chair through everything that we do, every decision that, that we make, whether that's in your marriage, whether that's in, in your parenting, your relationship with your kids, whether that's at work or at home, when, no matter what you're doing, again, you are faced with this decision, Let us strive to sit in this chair in everything that we do. Let us strive to to rest in the goodness and the promises of God in every decision that we make. Let's not take those decisions. Let's not take that that responsibility and put it on our own shoulders. Let's, Let's rest and let's strive to enter that rest of having God make those perfect decisions for us. Let us strive to enter that rest so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. For the word of God is living and active, and it's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Meaning God sees every decision that you make. And the word of God is going to judge whether you're right or you're wrong. The word of God's going to going to judge which chair you're sitting in. And I don't know about you, but that's, that's a lot of pressure. That's a lot of like, man, that's, that's tough for me. Like, that's a harsh, like, that's, that's like, man, that, that makes me feel like everything I have to do, like everything I do is, like, scrutinized or, or whatever. Like, that puts a lot of pressure, you know, to make the right decision. But again, I have good news. Because as we keep reading, we see that since then, we have a great high priest in verse 14. Since then, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we don't have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are and yet without sin. Have we, have we stopped the, the idea? We're still talking about the same thing here, right? He's, he's still talking about rest. He's still talking about belief and unbelief, right? He's still talking about this. It's easy to, to take this verse, just pluck this verse out and say, oh, Jesus knows every temptation that I've ever faced. And that's, that's true. He knows, the temp- he knows how, you're t- how you're being tempted. But here it's very specific. You see, Jesus was tempted to get up out of this chair as well. Jesus was tempted to get out of this chair and sit in this one. The, the best, like the, the most obvious example of that is in the garden. Y'all remember that? Y'all remember that? In the garden, right before he goes to, to be crucified, what's he pray? Lord, I don't want to do this. Let me do it another way. There's got to be another way. I don't want to do it your way. I see what you want me to do. I don't want to do that. Your way's hard. It's tough. It's going to cause me pain. It's going to cause me suffering. Your way's uncomfortable. Your way's inconvenient. I don't want to do that. I want to find a different way. I want to find another way to make this thing happen. I want to do it my own way. But, nevertheless, not my will, but your will. I'm going to choose not to sit in this chair I'm going to choose to say, stay seated in this one. Not my will, Lord, your will. He was tempted yet without sin. He understands that decision. He understands what we're faced with. He understands the choice. He, didn't, he wasn't seated here and there was, it's not like there was no other option. He had the option. He, he could have chosen to, to do it his own way. He chose not to. He had the choice. And yet, he was without sin. And I want to close with this. As we close the chapter, verse 16, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. We have a great high priest who is not unfamiliar with this temptation that that we that we all face. So, when you're feeling when you're feeling weak, when you're feeling like Lord, I don't want to do this. When you're feeling like Lord, I I'm, I'm feeling pulled in this direction even when you, when you find yourself, when you look up and you find yourself in this chair, we have a high priest that we can go to in our time of weakness and we can pray and he's going to give us grace to help in time of need. Isn't that good news? we have a high priest who wants to help us in our time of need, wants to help us get back to where we belong, get back to that place of belief, get back to that place of obedience, get back to that place in order to have rest and let all of that stuff melt off of ourselves, melt off of our shoulders, that weight come off of us, and now it's on the supreme ruler of the universe. Amen. Father, we thank you for who you are. Lord, we thank you for, for, for giving us this chair to sit in, this chair that says, I'm seated with Christ in heavenly places. Wow. Yes. Wow. You gave us that, that opportunity that we don't have to do things on our own. We can do things your way. And Father, you've given us rest for our souls. When we choose that, when we choose surrender, when we choose your way, there's rest for our souls and we don't have to. We don't have to do it our own way anymore. Thank you for that, Father. And help us. Help us in our weakness, help us in our time of need. Help us to stay strong. In Jesus' name. Thanks for joining us today for our podcast. Eastside Church exists to help people encounter Jesus, be equipped to grow and engage their community. For more information, please go to our website at eastsidechurch.co.